Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jules Gill, are you ready for 19 inches of Venom? Uh, excuse me, mate? It's coming at you. I don't know if you've seen this, but Sony are preparing 19 inches of Venom and have announced it for the world. Listen, I, I can take a foot long. It looks like a <laughs> subway has proven that. Uh, but going above that is just risky territories. We're in un- uncharted waters, mate. So what are yes. you talking about first? All stop. Have you not seen the, uh, they did an advert? Because they're advertising I Spider-Man 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, bit all, weird, hey, a bit weird. A little bit of a weird one. I was like, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they have to know what they're steering into. I've seen yeah. that now that it's treated a, a way. I saw Konami say that they had like you know 15 inches of snake coming at you, and I was yeah, like, yeah, like good. Uh, like sure. this, this is the thing. Like uh, when it comes to marketing now, we are in an era where likely marketing directors are still of the old school. Like they mm. know that they want to hit these numbers, and they're just like, let's make a viral video, <laughs> as if it was the easiest thing to do in the world. And that means that the younger generation, they're the ones that are actually on the ground floor. And they're just going to like, you know what sells? Sex. Mm. You know what sells? 16 inches of snake. That's, that, that, that just sells. That just sells, man. <laughs> I mean, like, it would look how hard um, Capcom pivoted into the Lady Dimitrescu uh, when it was the um, uh, Resident Evil uh, Village, when they were just like, look, yes. like, everyone's, everyone's fascinating over here. Let's change all the marketing around that. So, yeah, they know what they're oh, doing. I, I massively think that overall marketing companies or just general advertising companies have rediscovered the horn. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Megan Fox being all over uh, Diablo was a thing which is in a course of reading out people's deaths and talking about blood. Megan Fox, by the way, is in Mortal Kombat now. I don't know if you've seen I that. I have. We, and like, I, I know yeah. that we're meant to be jumping into the questions that are being given to the viewers <laughs> by, by the viewers because this is the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, the UBP with Scott Telford and Jules Gilligan. Um, but the yes. thing is, is that I just have to, uh, I've got a bone to break and pick with uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. I love the fact that Ed Boon and team basically go on and they just go, look, we're just going to get every single collaboration possible we are going to get. Mm-hmm. If you thought of it and thought it was cool at some point in your life mainly as a teenager we're gonna make it happen for you (laughs) in these games but the problem is is that they hire some absolute dirty dog cock style voice actors sometimes <laughs> it's just like why why have you chosen the least charismatic voices like voiceovers right. for all of these things like remember when um, Ronda, Rousey, Ronda Rousey she was um, <laughs> she was Sonia Sonia Blade wasn't Sonya she Sonia Blade yeah and it was just like I'm going to kick you in the butt a text to speech <laughs> function has more emotive Delivery than that. could do a better job. I think the thing is, well, I'm surprised they haven't done that, by the way. They need an AI-generated voiceover for one of these fighters. That would be absolute gimmick. Call it like... I wonder me- what? Like, like, you know, like, um, what's his name? MoCap. 
They yes. bring him they bring him back and they give him an AI generated <laughs> voice. That is a gimmick that I can get behind. Just call him uh, Alan Iren and he, he gets yeah. a, a fatality. That's as bad as I can be on a Friday. Yeah. But I think, yeah. yeah, I wonder what if you if you fed an AI all of the various scripts and um, you know animations, everything that Mortal Kombat has, what would an AI generated fatality be? And then could they then put that in the game? Like some weird skin ripping, obliterating thing. Well, this like is, it would just yeah. it would amalgamate every single fatality that's ever been. The, and then that could be the AI character's fatality. If you fed it every single sort of voiceover and and like sound effect its name would probably be (laughs) its fatality would be punching you so hard that every single bone pops out of your body like a jack-in-the-box and those bones then explode and it covers you in the bone marrow that's that's the fatality it's just i'll tell you what though the uh, the new have you played the did you play the beta for Mortal Kombat One? I did. I enjoyed it a lot. It's pretty cool. lovely, isn't Very it? Good. The um the when they showed like Lee May, I love how much they're bringing back the mm. Deadly Lions and Deception characters. Lee May's fatality, where she kicks the dude's head off and it becomes yeah. a firework. Yeah, 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 phenomenal. I like how itchy and scratchy we're getting with them. They always have been, but I like how more over the top they are. But do you and know I kind of hope they steer into that. I think that they need to do this because remember for a time when I think Mortal Kombat X had just first dropped and that was the most like visually intense fatalities, mm. brutalities, and bone breaking stuff that was going on. That was like a to the point where it was squeamish because they were still holding on to an air of reality they were going like we're Mm. dark and edgy and yes these are over the top moves but we're going to show you them in fascinatingly horrible detail but as we've (laughs) moved away from that we've now just gotten to the point where it's like listen i'm just going to like pour a bucket of acid over you for a joke so i'm going to take your eyeballs make googly eyes with them on my fingers (laughs) like like, it's just silly stuff now where we've gone Mm -hmm. to the grotesque rather than the actual revile revulsion well it's like I always thought that as graphics got more realistic, you couldn't do... Yeah, At some point, you can't do actual body mutilation. No mm, one actually wants mm, to see the mm. real version of that. So it is always trying to walk that line. Um, Kung Lao's fatality in MK9, where he like cuts them in half and then holds the two halves up, but it's yeah, like... Yeah, that it's was pretty intense. First. Yeah. That one was always kind of... I remember Charlie Brooker on his one of his yearly wipe shows yeah, yeah. talking about how that was like the line. Um, but yeah, overall, um, that whole thing... What the hell were we talking about? Mortal Kombat oh, we stuff? About, we were talking I've about Mortal blanks. Kombat stuff, fatality stuff, and we haven't even introduced the show properly nor actually addressed <laughs> any of the uh, viewers questions or audiences no. questions which is classic for the ubp if i'm honest it is a bit it is a vintage choice i will say this is the entitled partner podcast the ubp the ubp the, U- the ubp we take all your talking points questions whatever's going on in the gaming world slash your brains and get through as many as we can um speaking of, i just wanted to open on the spider-man thing because we got asked about the old yeah, yeah, sure, 19 sure, sure, inches sure, sure, sure. of venom um megan fox that's what i was going to yes. talk about someone asked what our thoughts were on megan fox being natara in mortal kombat what I was going to say was, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've missed the Megan Fox renaissance. I've missed the. I, I, to me, she was the woman in Transformers, and yes. that was it. Yeah. And then she was in Jennifer's Body or whatever. But now it's like, oh, she's a huge deal, and I'm like, is she? Like, well, I guess so. I guess she dated Machine Gun Kelly. Not I, that I care about Machine Gun Kelly. I think it's what happens is that when you go away for a while from the public spotlight, and then she hasn't been in what I would consider to be any major blockbuster films for quite a while, you yeah. end up generating an air of like, oh, what are they up to? What are they doing? Mm. And you know, she's huge on like social media still. She's uh, like with social, like with Instagram and stuff like that. So I she seems to like lick I, blood and. Stuff. And I think as I assume she's done some stuff in between those two points, and that's repaired the sort of like weird damage that was done by, well, I mean, like Michael uh, Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just yeah. It's like, I mean, it's a cool pick. I'm not nothing against her. The only point I'm making is, is that it I didn't cool realize pick, she was. Though? Is it a cool <laughs> pick? Like, like this is the thing. Like, I'm not even like complaining about like. It. I just want it to be somebody who's just got good vocal chops. Give me some actual emotion and delivery. Like, mm. there are some people who you would not expect to be in a video game that are amazing in them like mm-hmm. as much guff as 50 cent got 50 cent blood mm-hmm. in the sand hilarious because he delivered that line those lines 
straight and that makes it so much more comical <laughs> and then it's like Snoop Dogg when he comes in to do the voiceovers for um, Call of Duty or mm. when he's appearing in Tekken I'm just like yes because Tekken? He, yeah, he had, a, he had a background stage. Do you remember? Snoop, did he? Yeah, Snoop Dogg? Yeah, yeah, he had like one oh. where, where like you could uh, fight in like a big like pit of money. It was weird. No way. Yeah, yeah, he was, was in a... true crime streets of New he York. Was? Or LA he was. LA or whatever. Yeah, he was that, in that yeah. one as well. Yes, there we go. <laughs> he gets yeah. around. The thing is, it's a really worthwhile distinction to talk about how you can't necessarily just grab a celebrity and expect that their performance will work in a voice acting role. Like voice acting is its own art form. Like, you know, the, there yeah. are ways to bring characters to life through vocals alone. Um, the, the thing is, I don't mind the, like, the Megan Fox Natara performance. It's, it's fine. Um, and like, it's, it's fine on paper, Megan Fox's Natara. I, I almost nothing it. Do you, but, know, do you know what? Yeah. That's the thing. I, I go in this thing where I started off like winding myself up like, oh, I can't believe they put her in there. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't actually care. Like, like beyond this conversation, <laughs> I ain't going to think about it or like, like go onto forums and be like, oh my God, this uh, Megan Fox has said that. Like, I just, I don't, don't really care. But it's just no. strange. It's un- It's, it's strange. Because what it is, is it it creates a tonal conflict for your ears where you're basically like, oh, this well-versed voice actor who's been in the business for absolutely ages has earned their chops, has refined that character. And mm-hmm. then you've got somebody who literally sounds like they're walking in and just going like, uh, hey, 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 uh, Krusty the Clown, <laughs> one take Tony and I'm out. Yeah, I think it's one of the things as well where I wasn't expecting her face to be Natara. I thought they would yeah, always have was, the video game. Odd. Version, so it's like now she just is the new Natara yeah. in this canon, which maybe means that either she dies in the story or she's like Natara going forward will always be Megan Fox. But like, then that's you like went like a in, in a really weird like legal issue with that then because it's like if she is that character going forward, do you therefore have to pay her more and more rights to use her likeness going forward, or do you then go like okay, so Mortal Kombat one two the sequel will be um, she's not looking like that, and we completely mm. changed the character again. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's, yeah, it's just, it's a weird way for things to go. And obviously Mortal Kombat, because it is the biggest Warner Brothers property at the minute. Yeah. And you do have the DLC having like Homelander and John Cena slash Peacemaker. That's and, mad um, as well. Like, they just, yeah. I, I, I honestly think that uh, Mortal Kombat is the only positively received and talked about Warner Brothers property right now. Like in terms of the size that it's at. Yeah, like, yeah people, yeah. Mo- like, people love Batman, but like the Batman, the movie was well received, but it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe the size of this thing in terms of how much reach they want the, the IP to have. Like Mortal Kombat has guest characters. It's everywhere. Ed Boon was on Hot Ones. Yeah. He was doing yeah, the chicken yeah. wing thing. And I'm like, this is blowing up way exponentially bigger than it's ever been before. Just as a small side note on that one yes. there, I cannot believe that the Batman did not get its own video game. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It feels like that was like, primed to just have its own mm. movie tie-in but we didn't get it so i don't know if it's just like the amount of time it would have taken to put something together like i don't know you'd have to like do like a scaled back version like like the average dev time is like five years kind of thing so it's just like it depends what size game yeah. they would have done yeah. but movie tie-ins have just largely died off because yeah, of how true, long it takes to true, match them up true. um question from james gutierrez though who says if the rumors of a new nintendo system are true it will come with news of metroid prime 4 and hopefully some launch titles are a new uh, new star fox new f-zero 3d donkey kong or bring back custom Robo. What are our top choices? Also, I kind of want to just include this question because yeah. apparently Nintendo showed off the new Nintendo system behind closed doors at did Gamescom. Oh, did they? Ooh. And you, you were there, but that time you saw it, man. I don't know what you can say. Nah, but nah, still. man. Like, if I, even, if, even if I could say, I would be so wrapped up in NDAs, <laughs> I would not be able to do that. But I can categorically say I did not see it. I was not invited, no. but I was on the in the biz dev section where mm. Nintendo were the only ones to have a fully closed off booth. So a lot Ooh. of people had their sort of like meeting areas where they had like a flow through thing where you'd be there would be people receptionists on the um the counter who would ask you your name and be able to like uh, usher you through into these sort of like media lounges that were like a small pods but Mm -hmm. nintendo had like 
one of the largest uh, sections completely walled off. There was only one entrance in and out, and it had the only one that I saw an actual person that could have been a security guard, like proper, like massive dude uh, dressed in like a black suit sort of thing. Like, I, like he looked That's the business. That's great. Like, if if you'd popped a turtle shell on his back, that guy would have been Bowser. Like, he was he was good to go. It's like Bowser slash like the Spider versus Kingpin, just yeah, a big square yeah, yeah, fridge yeah, yeah, of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, so they obviously been corroborated, been mentioned quite a lot by uh, Jez Corden over on Windows Central, mentioned by Eurogamer, that apparently that secretive meeting was the new Nintendo Switch, and that the footage that's running on it is the Unreal 5 demo of The Matrix Awakens from 2020. It's very interesting. So if the Nintendo are aiming for that, then it's like, that's really interesting because that puts them ostensibly on par with the newest systems, which a lot of people weren't expecting because you'd expect yeah. it to be lower power or whatever. What do you think of the new Switch stuff overall? And what kind of stuff do you want from it? I mean, I'm excited at the idea of uh, a new Switch, especially if it maintains the same sort of like design aesthetics that they've got mm. for the like, OLED version that's out at the moment. Like mm. if they can basically just whack a much more powerful uh, processor into that and a graphics card, then I would be absolutely fine if it just looked mm -hmm. and stayed exactly exactly the same after that. Um, mm. My worry is, is that because of the more demanding requirements, I know that the Steam Deck is obviously like the profile for that is quite thick compared to the Switch. If we're going to yeah. go down that route of like just trying to get as much power as possible, then they're going to have to deal with a lot of issues like how are you going to keep that thing cool? How are you going to be able to like make sure the battery life is decent? Is mm. the actual appeal of the switch which is being able to carry it around with you in game for hours at a time on something else now going to be something relegated to the past because the steam deck doesn't have a good life a battery life does it no god no the first thing i thought of was the battery life because yeah. like, the, the more you crank the and um, the processor and everything else the the less time that's going to have the steam deck barely has a couple of hours depends what you're playing but if you're playing yeah. anything that's the time even the switch i mean but, will die in about four hours if it's something high, high I, intensity. I, I view the switch as being something that stands apart from but is adjacent to the current sort of gaming console market mm. where because it never had the ability to play the higher end games I never look to play them on that console instead I go to the Switch for my indies for my first party Nintendo titles mm -hmm. and those titles are so well engineered to work with the Switch's uh, limited hardware capabilities that you end up getting the most out of every experience like now like Mario Odyssey is still like to me mind blowing that it fits mm. on a cartridge and is able to do what it does mm -hmm. I don't need a game to look better than Mario Odyssey does in my nice. opinion like yep. if we're tapping out at the xbox 360 ps3 or even just early ps4 title uh, graphics that's fine with me like stylize mm -hmm. something give it good art direction rather than try and chase trends of uh like ray tracing and stuff like that i don't i, don't, I personally don't look to the switch for that no, same. I think I honestly think the reason that this has such high specs is more for the third party stuff. Like yeah. I know that obviously through the Activision uh, acquisition deal, there's mention of Call of Duty coming across the Switch, and they want to have a. They said they want to have a feature parity. It wants to be feature complete and everything yeah. else. So I I think that guts horsepower stuff is more for the third parties um, to make an Assassin's Creed games work better and things like that. Um, because I mean maybe they put the full U5 level system stuff behind mm. a Star Fox or an FC. I mean a fully over the top F Zero would be incredible. It it's just that Nintendo have never really developed in that way. They've always been gameplay first, graphics second, for the most part. Um, and I would love to see what the likes of Miyamoto and the very, like, Asian Numa and everyone else would come up with, with that much on their side. But it, I just, I don't know, I think it's more for the, for the third party. It's interesting because if you if you mentioned the uh, Star Fox and F-Zero, those are so mm. stylized, those games, that they yeah. actually still look fantastic on the GameCube uh, versus where they are mm -hmm. potentially going to go. Like, the angled nature of the craft in Star Fox 
there's a, they're designed in such a way that they actually don't need anything more than what they have. Like it's, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Also that thing of like, what do you actually want to see? I love Star Fox. It's, one of my, it's maybe mm-hmm. my, that and Metroid are my top two Nintendo franchises. So I would love to see a new Metroid. Uh, obviously Metroid Prime 4 is a long, long overdue. Um, but yeah, I think it was probably be F-Zero. I think they're I mean, both area, I 100% would love to see something like that mm-hmm. appear again, uh, especially seeing as recently the uh, director of the original games came out and said like, yeah, I want to make it. Like this is right. not from a lack of want on my side, just somebody mm-hmm. give me the green light as it were. I well, mean, if you get like a 120 frames a second F-Zero, but it's handheld, and it's mean, just, be, like, you just oh, yeah, hold yeah, it to your face. I mean, it would be crazy. Through. I'm surprised that they don't use the sort of motion controller like, to turn at that. Although I think that it probably mm. wouldn't work with the requirements of how steep the turns are in some of the, uh, right, right. Of the games. But still, like I'd love to see something like that. I'd love to see mm-hmm. even just games that don't need technical powerhouses to come back. Give me a new Punch-Out game. Give me something like, give me yeah. some good, good old classics that did so well on the Wii. Like, let's see mm-hmm. them get another revamp. Yeah, I also want to see, uh, and it has to be free, but a uh, whatever the new system's called version of Tears of the Kingdom, like an upgrade. I thought path you were going to say Wii Sports. Thing. I thought you, I genuinely thought you were going to say like, give me, give us like Wii Sports Three. Like that, that to me would again would be like, or like uh, they could Switch do. Sports. I mean that, that Switch Sports thing they put out, I feel like it was just like a, like a damp squib, a little yeah. mouse fart in the corner. That's it was what just we like a like, new sure. one. Like, it's like yeah. we were even talking the other day about how good the uh, Wii Sports, the free disc that you got with it, like that is mm. iconic gaming right there. Some of the they need best more mini games stuff. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, consoles with pack-ins always get the, the games out there. Like, it's an easy way to do it. Uh, question from Toby Wellington, who says, Starfield or No Man's Sky? I've never played either. This is actually a really hard question. I think if you, um, as someone who loves both and has over 100 hours in No Man's Sky and about 20 in Starfield, um, it depends what you want. If you want a story, it's Starfield. If you want raw exploration, it's No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm you, finding that the, uh, the developer uh, responses coming out at the moment with them saying, like, the reason that these um, in Starfield, the, the reason mm-hmm. that the planets are barren is because that's what it would be like to actually explore a barren mm-hmm. planet and uh, trying to explain that away or hand wave it and be like look this is why we haven't put any stuff to do in there it doesn't mm-hmm. make it any more fun to traverse across <laughs> an empty world with nothing to do so it's, it's, i think yeah. that, like you say in terms of no man's sky like exploring in that game is fun like even mm-hmm. though you may be mining the same materials from in the same sort of caves it's always got something to do there's a reason to go to a planet whereas these ones here i'm actually looking at guides before i start diving in just going like can i skip this planet do i actually even need right. to land here and there's actually a surprising amount of people that are just going like right don't land here don't land there don't bother going to that place this place this entire cluster mm-hmm. pointless and it's like mm-hmm. well that's kind of sad in a way it's definitely going to be that side of it's definitely going to be subjective in terms of like i was never expect because they said i think there's like a thousand planets and a couple hundred are authored and i, I quite like that there's a lot of let's call it like negative space to then and, and reinforce the, the civil um civilizations and the settlements and all that kind of stuff like across that space like it is what it would be like if we just spread out across the whole galaxy i, I agree with you i do understand and then when that. you do you know stumble upon something it's like oh my god in the middle of all this settlement there's one little group of, of nomads who are surviving out on this moon somewhere. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really... I, I really love that. Um, but at the but same I think, time... But I think that there should be, like, exploring and rewarding, rewarding the player are so key to get that balance. Yes. Like, you don't want to drip feed it so much that people are just like, well, is there something to do here? Am I missing? Is mm. the game broken? Like, is there, am I, there meant to be people that have loaded and not loaded in? True. Like, that, that, I mean, is, that is a game design choice that I don't necessarily agree with because video mm. games are meant to be fun. And if you're time poor, like me and you are, effectively, mm. we're trying to hold down <laughs> full, full-time jobs, trying to have, a, mm. like, fulfilling social lives and do other other stuff in real world as well mm-hmm. 
the idea of maybe spending an evening exploring three to four planets and one of them having something to do on, that's actually quite it's, a negative experience for me. No, it definitely would be if it was if that was um, like explicitly the case. It definitely like I've never come away from Starfield thinking that I wasted my time. I've always found mm, something. And mm. um, they do a really good job of designating which planets are just for materials and where you should land on those planets to just get materials. It's, or it's if funny you wanna, that you, that you, you know, just mentioned about the designation thing of like, oh, it clearly tells you where to go with that. It doesn't mm. clearly tell you on a bloody map though does it where's the where's the bloody map where's the inventory <laughs> management stuff like that for a game that requires so much of your backpack space to be constantly micromanaged mm-hmm. it is the worst at telling you where oh, the stuff UI's is going I've, I've got used to it now but it's it's sheer stockholm syndroming to get there like it is just i mean the the functionality is there it's just terribly the ui side of it's bad i think that that's another little bone that i've got to pick mm. with the, the devs on that one there where they just again try and hand wave it away it's like oh you wouldn't have a map it's like you're exploring it for the first time no one would know right. where this charting stuff is and like blah, blah, blah. it's like yes but there's always going to mm. have to be a yes but because you're still making a game if you're going to make a simulation then you would needed to have approached this from a completely different angle if you're True. telling me that your poor game design philosophy here is going to be explained away as nah pal this is what it would have been like to try it's and like do this. Um, like, oh, come it's on. weird because i definitely i i do for now and maybe it'll change over time i do like what they've built the surface map stuff sucks yeah. but it's one of those things where you can set a waypoint and then when you put your scanner on it just shows you the floor path like dead space yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like there are still ways to get around and I, I quite like that you're not looking at maps as much but at the same time when I just want to find a merchant and, off, and offload a bunch of stuff that is a I, you can't chore. do it yeah. and so you're just walking around go, looking at street which again some people will find this as a positive looking at street signs looking at buildings okay that person seems like they might be a trader maybe I can sell stuff to them yeah. and it's it's what it would be like if you were exploring yourself and I do like that level of immersion but um, at like, the same time yeah, some of it's like, just the game is just like undercooked. okay we're not going to hold your hands but it's like mm. uh, but we're not holding your hands on specifically things that are just wasting my time now mm-hmm. like like this is a waste of time moment to look around for a potential vendor highlight mm-hmm. that make something else more obtuse make a puzzle yeah. solution more obtuse because that is a meaningful like reward for the player when they uncover and discover and overcome mm-hmm. that obstacle but if you're just going like yeah you're gonna waste the next 30 minutes walking around trying to sell this like goo blob that you just picked <laughs> up here it's like oh well um fantastic Mm-hmm. It is a weird thing where, like, yeah, they've tried to walk a line. For me, I'm blown away by Starfield overall. That yeah. it's like reminding me of what Bethesda were like in 2011, and like I'm just absolutely loving getting lost in it. And I haven't, like I said, I've not come away from any of it yet. If anything, I wish I had more time. Like it's one of those you blink and five hours have passed. I've seen your games. tweet about which how many games you're playing at the moment, Scott. You yeah. have time. You have time. You're just choosing to cut between them all the time. <laughs> I'm trying to balance it. I still need to finish Armored Core. There's the amount of different things that know, are all doing right. the rounds. We're, in the, the same we're time. in the era of great games, though. It's hard, man, because it's like, oh, yeah. how do you choose? And with Baldur's Gate still eating people's lives, and and mm. most people are saying it's I'm game of the year, that, like yeah. right now. It's just a case of like, how do you justify spending time on these games? They're too big. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, and it's, I'm trying like I'm trying to get trying to get through Armored Core. I'm loving Armored Core as well. It's great, and I'm playing Sea of Stars on my Switch. Um, and then like I have like, I have one game per system at the minute, so I'm sort of just going through them. And then Starfield's so enrapturing that I'm just doing that. Have you finished uh, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk yet? I've not. To, oh, no, I've finish it off, mate. Finish that's, a, that's, a, that's a small game, and then you can reward yourself with a big game afterwards. It's like finishing a, a horrible. No, that's just going to sound bad. I love I love this game so much. I was going to say. Mm. Like eating a horrible part of your meal to have dessert, but this is like I can say it's a, like veggies and the main. It's like eating a smaller dessert before having a bigger dessert. <laughs> I love you to do gritty teeth. Finish that one, yeah. and then you can have the you, big you meal. Finish it, finish it, mate. Get it done. This is, this is um, if I was I up in Newcastle there. right now, mate, I would be <laughs> prompting you every single day to go back and finish your, your older games. You'd be happy. Oh, dude, I know. I get through the vast, the majority of them. Like Bomb Rush is something that dropped in the middle of two other things. So I was like, I'll download it. I'll play don't, it. That's my you, Switch bed you, game. Don't you make this Bomb Rush's fault? This is a you problem. <laughs> This is you. I, I tell you what, for blaming UI, Bomb Rush's map UI stuff sucks. I can't. How where, dare am I, where am I going next? Where, where, where am I going next? The little, the little pip that's somewhere on the Who map. Cares maybe? Where you go next? Just go. <laughs> to be fair, the soundtrack is so absolutely good. slaps. I listened to it all the way into the uh, bath office uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. Just as soon as I got on the train to the moment that I got off, it was just like. <laughs> I was like, oh, and, um, this is so fun. I had Starfield soundtrack on when I was on the train on the way in this morning, and all, the way the doors were opening, like. Going in and out, I was like, this is kind of like an airlock. Yeah. I was just like listening to the, the the epic first flight music, going there, pretending I'm in a spaceship, Amazing. like a six year old. Um, question from Dan Taylor, who says, question for Jules. Hello. I just got a PC, and I was wondering if there were any games you think are the most significantly different or better to play on PC over console. That is a tough one, actually, because I mean, apart from 
PCs usually like if you if they're console game first and then they get mm. ported to PC, there's usually they come with the whole sort of the gear of game of the year edition. So they've got all the DLC, a few extras added in there. Mm. But there's none that I would say that I particularly like demonstrably better, I guess. Uh, I'd say that first person shooters with a mouse mm. and keyboard, I mm-hmm. just I hands down agree with the PC community are just phenomenal because of the twitch reflexes that you have, the ability and control that you have there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes more field of view sliders, because like, you've definitely got higher frame rates as well. Yeah, you can, just, yeah, you can yeah. respond and shoot just literally faster. There's been so many uh, examples when I've been playing like Exo Primal recently, I've just been dipping in and out of. It's just mm. like the uh, ability to fluidly switch my target so quickly versus mm. when I played it on the controller was just like, oh man, this is so slow and clunky. Uh, right. And I'm fine. I've always just did analog sticks like a peasant. But it's weird because there's games like um, Armored Core. I'm playing that on PC at the moment and I have to use the controller. I find mm. the uh, the amount of keys that you've got to constantly be pressing to fire off every single weapon rack that you've got mm-hmm. overwhelming. I'm just like, no, mm-hmm. there's too many. There's, like, I've just got to go back to controller where it makes sense where I can just go like trigger, trigger, shoulder button, shoulder button. Deliver. I was just say Armored Core is like, it's a just it's the claw it's like it's yeah, all four shoulders yeah, all yeah. the time set everything off all the time um but yeah definitely frame rate stuff and definitely um just general sort of performance quality is going to be better on pc if it's been optimized in the right yeah, I was way about to say like I, all i'm thinking of when you said <laughs> optimized properly was that batman arkham game uh which was yeah, uh, it was just like so bad it's such mm-hmm. bad optimization where they basically warner brothers threw their hands up and said yeah we've released the game uh you fix it <laughs> like yeah but they, they, i think they give money back or they recalled it or something eventually yeah, like that yeah. game didn't uh, didn't last long oh, uh Mike Neal says, a real talk is Starfield better for those who have loved Bethesda or a first timer looking for a space odyssey. Um, I just want to clarify with Starfield that it does take a few hours to get going, which just seems to be the general like go-to st- uh, sentiment for this. Thankfully, it's not like 20 hours. It's not Final Fantasy 13, but it is about three to five. There is a weird onboarding thing, the amount of stuff they throw at you. Yeah. Um, and it takes a little bit for you to find your feet in terms of like, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And what is the law um, to the wider universe? Well, I know for a fact that the game uh, allows there's, there's a not a new game plus a, f- a mode effectively but there, yes. is, a, there is there is there is effectively that's that is tied to a huge spoiler by the way before you go any oh further, okay but. I will not say anything then <laughs> apart from that bit um, but that, like, I don't know specifics either but I've just I've just heard there's a new game plus and that it relates to some sort of plot thing that's never been done well, in a game before you, you and s- then blah blah you said about the onboarding thing but I know uh, that the onboarding thing there they've minimised a lot of it to cater for people returning to it so they go like do you know yes. this bit skip it done but yeah, yeah so, there's so, definitely so, so, like I've heard that that is a good way if you're returning to the game and fancy another go around the sun as mm-hmm. it were yeah it's interesting in terms of like how how many of these we've had now like it is another bethesda game but even like fallout 4's intro was like notably rushed like i like, hated how fast like, the first sort of 10 minutes you've got it's considering they talked about it we would do all the pre-war stuff uh, and then do it you was know like what? the weirdest thing is is that fallout 4 still gets a lot of flack for not starting mm. up quick enough because i mm-hmm. in my opinion new vegas was the perfect way to do it because that's what joshua like, says yeah well it's it basically just goes like um you're a courier in the world you already know how the world existed and operates beforehand it mm-hmm. makes sense why you want to hoard caps because you understand that that is the currency of the time things mm. don't like freak you out as much because of the fact you're already in the world before you get capped in the head somebody says look you're uh you better now get out of my house and then you go yeah. cool we're done <laughs> that makes sense but when it's like fallout 
three and four when it's mm. just like oh you're from a vault you have no understanding of the world before and it's you you should have much more sort of like wait what's going on here like definitely how, how yeah. are you easing me into this i think what's ge- a super mutant? genuinely i think the fallout 76 is the worst way of doing it though because yep. it was the like you've been in the pod you've been told that it's exploration day or, or whatever it's called and then you go outside and it's like mm. i immediately know what to do immediately know this like, oh, come yeah. on man like for you being the first generation of settlers it should be the weirdest thing but you're like nah mm. nah cool bang 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 it's a weird thing Starfield has is the, just the, the premise has a Mass Effect premise like you're playing as a miner like an actual underground miner and you touch an artifact and you see something and then you have the, the Mass Effect thing of like oh I've just seen some sort I've, of vision I've whatever the that marker. is I've touched the marker I've brushed <laughs> up against marker I've touched little marker again and so you go from there and so it's like that's that should be very propulsive but the way that they deal with it is quite grounded and is sort of like let's talk about every possible permutation of that which is great mm. but it does then take and then because they then do the Bethesda thing of like you can just go spend 50 hours on the planet you're on or do whatever you want um, it's very like here's your ship go explore if you want go talk to these characters you're also part of Constellation which is the main group of people trying to explore the, the cosmos um, but all of it kind of comes at you at once and it's like oh my god okay what's my actual grounding here like you're building a character you're being put yeah. upon in terms of this this I, call to this vision like yeah I always think to myself that video games that uh, understand the relationship between uh, disaster <laughs> and engagement I always mm. want my stories to start quick then slow down after a set event like mm. uh dead island 2 does a good example of that where like you are leaving on the plane it explodes you fight you move you then get the story explained to you afterwards mm-hmm. i like them the uh, way you just go we're gonna give you that like metal gear rising revengeance is another good mm-hmm. example it gives you that whole sort of like tutorial level you smash away through you feel amazing and then the game explains the greater mechanics yeah, of what's going yeah. on i feel I like for this you, with starfield the way that you've described it is kind of like here's a thing Let's slow right down to a crawl, <laughs> talk about everything, and then we'll ease you back into the action. Whereas I mm-hmm. want to be jumped in first, almost be confused and overwhelmed by it, as you would be in a situation mm-hmm. that's completely foreign to you, and then have things make sense afterwards. You can kind of play it that way. If you just talk to the, the more main characters in the lodge, which is like the HQ, you can kind of like expedite that stuff. It's ah. just that some of the things that I wanted more to do with like the universe itself, the galaxy, like what are the rules? What are the, um, the different uh, colonies? Like why yeah. are we living in this major city? What's actually happened? Why is humanity here, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you can get those answers. There's actually a really cool um, like museum that you can walk through. It tells you about human, humanity's history across the last couple of okay. hundred years and how we went from Earth to there and nice what happened to Earth. That's a exposition that's slightly yeah. interactive then. It's just weird because it's optional. And unless you do the first, it's like the first Vanguard mission, um, that character won't, like you won't trigger the museum stuff unless you find the museum yourself. Interesting. So, um, but to answer my Mike Neal's direct question, it's for both. Like if you've loved Bethesda, it's the best Bethesda. It's the best they've been since Skyrim to me. Um, and it, if you're looking for a space odyssey, it's incredibly vast. Like, okay. I mean, you have to get used to the fact that you're not manually taking off. You're hitting a button to do it. Um, it's everything is like instanced. Like you're either on the ground, you're in space or you're like dogfighting. But it's all like you're loading screens between those right. things. I'm with so you. it's it's still the creation engine. It's still the old Fallout 4 engine. So it's like they've had to try and make that work on a huge scale. It's, but the, it's the new pushing it through the cracks that you loved so much from God of War. <laughs> kind of. It's just, yeah, you can see the cracks for sure in this. Yeah. Um, but when the music hits and you're out there and it's like, it's so open-ended. I love it. Like at the minute, it is by far my game of the year. Interesting. It's, it's right up against Final Fantasy 16. Wow, okay, fair enough. But man. it's like, it's great. Um, last question from Honest NPC, who says, why do Sony hate their own handhelds? The place mm. the PSP 
had those expensive memory cards. The PS Vita was sent to the naughty corner, and the new PlayStation Portable uh, Portal, sorry, won't stream PlayStation subscription content or even let you use your own Bluetooth headphones. You have to use your own expensive ones. What do you think of Sony's? To me, it's stupid, yeah. stupid way of re-entering the handheld market. I hate the way that they do this and then they double down on it with another stupid decision. It's like, here's something that you want, but you're going to have to make a few concessions and you just go, okay, fine. But then it goes, and also this. And you're like, why? Mm-hmm. I was okay with it until this point. And now you just completely bungled <laughs> it, you fool. Yeah, it's a shame. It's the money um, as well. The price of it is ludicrous. It's like yeah. £200, $200 just to have a streaming tablet that our phones already are. I know. Like, it's, it's a really weird thing. It's like, did anyone actually ask for this version of <laughs> you jumping back into the handheld market like mm-hmm. i am fully on board with what you've been saying for years scott the uh, mm. psp and the ps vita completely underrated when it comes Either to all the hardware way. like the mm. vita is exceptionally good i i won't there is no way of like if it had better support if it had mm. nintendo's love and appreciation poured onto it in and uh, sony doing <clears> that <throat> then it probably would have taken over the 3ds because it probably mm just needed a bit of right, the right time, the right marketing, the right push mm. for it. But unfortunately, did not get any of that. It's a really weird timing thing as well because Switch has proven that people do want console quality, console level sized games on the go. Yep. And that's what the Vita tried to do. Um, but at the time, it, at the, you know, all the, the write-ups editorials were like, ah, this isn't what we want from portables. We want portable experiences. Yeah. And they just sort of tried to walk that line and failed. There was the memory card issue on Vita as well. They had Sony branded Vita memory cards, which just meant you couldn't just put an SD card yeah. in it. So stuff like that got in the way as well. Um, but yeah, if they did just a Vita system now and it just, it just was that new tablet, they're in the right market position now and like this this people play the switch everything else they're just they're so bad at it they're yeah. so bad at portable playstation systems and i don't understand who they're trying to market this to because it's no. like cool i have something <clears throat> in my pocket that can do what this device can do and it hasn't cost me extra 200 no. quid and i can use whatever headphones that i want to with it yeah or any other yeah, any controller any accessory type stuff very strange um, it's just worth worth throwing that one in <clears throat> my throat will not let me get through this podcast um but to uh yeah see how that thing shakes out because that is launching i think later this year yep. I just, for me it's the the price point's ridiculous um but we'll see speaking of seeing things i'm seeing you it's the entitled banter podcast Ooh, ubp the ubp the ubp the ubp i've been scott Taylor. that's been jules gale i have been indeed <laughs> please check out the Twitter the social medias I'll put another question out later in the week and maybe I'll be joined by Jules maybe I'll be joined by a special guest you'll have to wait and see for now this has been the Entitled Bandit Podcast thank you all very very much and we'll catch you very soon bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.